Bucks, Bucks, living the dream. What's the matter with the Eagles team? Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. They just can't play ball. <laughs> like you, man. Go Bucks! That's from Pocatello, Idaho. Now you see what we grew up with right there. <laughs> The Cutter crew representing after the Buccaneers shocking the NFL, beating the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles and Ray J. What a home opener for the Pewter Pirates. Welcome to PewterPirates.com and welcome to our podcast, A Few Extra Bucks. I am Mike Neighbors. We're going to bring in our producer, Justin Thomas, and our Buccaneer insider, Roy Cummings. First, got to thank our great, great, great title sponsors, House of Brews and Lutz on the corner of Northdale Mabry and Van Dyke and... Sea Dog Brewing Company, two great locations in Clearwater and Treasure Island on the beach. Well, well, well. Everybody was freaking out in training camp. What are the Bucks going to do without Jameis Winston in the first three games? The NFL numbers had this. The toughest three games to start a season in NFL history, if you base it on last year's records. I got to bring in Roy, our Buccaneer insider first. Roy, this just shows once again any given Sunday, don't look at the schedules. This is what makes the NFL great. You never, never know, do you? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, look, I was one of those on the other side of the coin, I believe. Everybody was, freaking, as you said, freaking out about, you know, oh, my God, what a tough schedule. Yeah, it was tough. But let's get to the season and see what each team looks like before we freak out too much. And let's not forget that, yeah, it's the NFL, where on any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team and, you know, and this, we see this happen a lot. So, you know, if the Bucks play good football, they're going to be right in there with these teams. And guess what? Two weeks in a row, they've been right in there with both teams. They've been way ahead of both teams, uh, you know, late in the game and allow both teams to kind of come back at them. But at the end of the day, they win. So, you know what? This is why you just can't get too worked up about schedules and, you know, who you got coming up next week all the time. Just go out and play the games, man. And, and if your team executes properly, guess what? You're probably going to get the outcome you're looking for, something close to it. No doubt. Justin Thomas, our producer, are, are you still working on trademarking uh, Fitzmagic so we can make some money? Is that in the plans right now? Yeah, I need to jump on that real soon. Otherwise, I'll probably lose out on an opportunity. <laughs> well, good to have you both aboard. Uh, we're going to have a lot of sound from Ryan Fitzpatrick and Dirk Cutter. Uh, you know, let's talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's really – Really a great story, and, and you really root for a guy. We've talked about what a great guy Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He's really paid his dues in this league. But look at the numbers, 27-33, to 33, uh, 402 yards passing, four touchdowns, eight touchdowns in his first two games. Only four other quarterbacks in NFL history have had more than that. What can you say about Ryan Fitzpatrick, Roy? I'll tell you what, you can say that, you know, and he's living the dream, man. I mean, this is what it's all about. This you, you, you go out there and, you you know, you, you, you work hard each week and hope to play your best, and this is what happens when you do play your best and you've been at this a while. The guy is having the time of his life in the NFL, and good for him. He's the first quarterback in NFL history, guys, to have back-to-back, to start a season with back-to-back 400-yard, or plus passing game with four TDs in each game. First player quarterback in NFL history to have back-to-back 400-yard, four-touchdown passing games. That is something special. And uh, let me tell you, the, the guys just execute. Even his pick today, even the pick that he had uh, that was accredited to him was not his fault because he completed the pass, and O.J. Howard 
gets upended on the play and loses the ball after he secured the ball and made the catch, and they call it an interception. So it should have been ruled a fumble. But if the only thing that's keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick Patrick, through two games, I mind you, from having a perfect quarterback rating is that pick. And that wasn't his fault. It should have been a fumble. And my, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL comes back and, and calls it a fumble sometime later this week. Don't be surprised if that happens. You heard it here first. That would be more Fitzmagic, by the way. Let's hear it from Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's basically saying, I'm living the dream right now. It's a quarterback's dream to be in that huddle, you know, with those guys. And um, I'm getting time to do it with the guys up front to kind of survey the field and, and pick and choose. And uh, it was it was another day. You know, we had our struggles. It wasn't perfect. Uh, there was a little bit – it was a little bit more of a grind uh, than last week in terms of, you know, we had a lull for a little bit. But the guys, you know, stayed on it and made plays when they had to. Guys, we can't go any further on Ryan Fitzpatrick without me explaining that fans – if you're out there, follow my Twitter, at FHCN, and you will see the photo that I took of Ryan Fitzmagic after the game at the podium where he's wearing all this bling, and he's got these dark sunglasses on. He's got a very tight uh, waist jacket on. It's like almost like a runner's <laughs> jacket, and he's got all this bling on. If you haven't seen the picture on Twitter, go to my Twitter page, at FHCN. You'll find it there. And we asked him, he got all this stuff from Deshaun Jackson. This is how much he's feeling it. We asked him, how, where, is, all, is any of the stuff that you're wearing right now yours? And he said, the chest hair is mine. That's the quote of the week, quote of the year so far, <laughs> the Buccaneers. And that tells you about how this guy's feeling and uh, what, what kind of a good time he's having along with all everybody else on the Bucks. And everybody who knows Ryan Fitzpatrick knows he's not that kind of guy. But he's keeping the team loose. He's keeping the team confident. And the first play of the game, he found Deshaun Jackson with the deep ball that set the tone for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dirk Cutter talked about that opening play. On that on that very first play, that wasn't the plan going in was to go. We weren't trying to hit the home run there. We were trying to go underneath to Mike Evans. But it was a great read by Fitz and a good pickup by Peyton Barber on the corner blitz. So, uh, you know, for the second week in a row, Deshaun comes up with a big play after really not practicing all week because he, he was in protocol. So, you know, that was an unexpected start, but that, that is the kind of player, that is what Deshaun Jackson brings to your team. And here's Ryan Fitzpatrick on that first play. It's unbelievable to have a guy like Deshaun, you know, out there running around, loft the ball up, he can go get it and turn it into a 75-yard touchdown. Uh, he's a special player, and he showed that again right away. I love your description of Ryan Fitzpatrick's press conference. Uh, you know, it's really just uncharted territory for this team to have a quarterback like this off the bat, to play this well, this kind of story where he's been in the league for so many years. Kind of reminds you of Brad Johnson a little bit, but it's different. It's a different feel. But let's talk about Deshaun Jackson, Roy. When you look at you know how he struggled last year, and there were some problems in terms of him wanting the football, Jameis trying to find him. What a difference a year makes, huh? It really does. And, again, I, I don't want to – I hesitate to – use the, the phrase that uh, he's rejuvenated or that he's more dedicated this year, um, you know, to take anything away from what uh, Deshaun Jackson was trying to do last year. I just got to say that my guess is that last year he just wasn't feeling it, that he, he was new to the team and he was trying to find his place and he maybe was trying too hard to be Deshaun Jackson uh, and just wasn't completely comfortable because we're seeing him comfortable now and it's incredible. I mean, on this play, on this first play where – 
uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick reads the, the blitz coming, and he gets the pickup from uh, Peyton Barber that he needs, uh, and he sees that he's got one-on-one coverage for Deshaun Jackson, and he just decides to throw it out. Deshaun Jackson, again, just like last week, man, I mean, he, he had his defender beat by a good step and a half, two steps, and it was just a matter then of just putting the ball where it's got to be put, and Ryan Fitzmagic did it, man. He did it, and it was, it was just one of the most special plays you'll ever see. The biggest play to start a game for the Buccaneers in their history. So the, the guy's setting records and making history everywhere, Ryan Fitzpatrick, along with Deshaun Jackson, obviously. Our friend Greg Allman at The Athletic tweeted this out. I thought it was very interesting. The Bucs started 2-0 in 1980, went on to a 5-10-1 record, started 2-0 in 1992, went on to a 5-11 record. Okay, that's a long time ago. Recent history, though, since then, four 2-0 starts. I think this is more realistic. Four 2-0 starts since then, Roy. At least 10 wins after that and three playoff appearances. What do you make of this 2-0 start? And on top of that... Now that everybody's freaking out about these first three games, this team has a real good shot at winning three, winning all three of them now. They really do. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the Steelers are going to end up being the toughest of the three opponents. I really do. Um, it's going to be a big game against uh, you know, a quarterback who's, <laughs> despite the fact that he came in with a bad elbow today, Ben Roethlisberger threw, what, three touchdown passes, ran for another one. So he's and they still fine. haven't won a game yet, by the way. They haven't won. They're really hungry. So you got a lot going, you know, for you if you're the Steelers in this one. But at the end of the day, the Buccaneers are hot, man. They are hot. And you know what this says? And, and I almost hate to say this because it's my brethren, but all those people who just didn't even, you know what? So many people in the, in the NFL media, the NFL press corps, just decided, you know what? The Bucs aren't any good. I, I bought in last year and I'm not going to get fooled again. They'll win one game. They'll win two games. They'll win four games. Uh, you weren't paying attention, folks. You just weren't paying attention because this is a good football team. It's a more talented team than the team that uh, went 9-7 and seven two years ago, as I've said many times on this podcast. And, by the way, you look back at our, uh, at our predictions. I said this team would be 9-7. and seven. I believe it. I think, they, I think I might have underrated them a little bit. I don't want to get too uh, excited too soon, but I might have even underrated them a little bit. Well, you're the only one of the three of us that had him as a winning record, and as and I, you know, I didn't think they'd have a winning record this year, just based on. To me, what is amazing, we could jump on the defensive side of the ball now. No Brent Grimes, no Vernon Hargraves, really, really young secondary, Roy. That it's just amazing the job the secondary has done. Well, what you've got there, you've got some young guys stepping up, and some guys that aren't so young. One in particular, uh, Dirk Cutter said today after the game that Ryan Smith. Uh, who had to start a corner today with Brent Grimes out, had his best game as a pro. And he means overall game. It was a little bit nondescript for about the first half, but in the second half, Ryan Smith started playing a lot better. He made some key breakups, pass breakups, made some key hits and some key stops at uh, integral moments of the game and uh, had a couple of big stops on special teams as well. So it was a real big game for Ryan Smith. And a guy who got schooled a little bit last week, and you would expect that out of a rookie, Carlton Davis III, uh, had a real nice bounce-back game himself today. He had a pass breakup. This is in the first half alone, plus a fumble recovery, and he too had some big hits. So uh, a real nice game from two corners who had to step up and play regular uh, snaps today, Ryan Smith and Carlton Davis III. They played exceptional football, and – uh, again, this defense, the secondary in particular, was tested. Um, uh, Chris Conti got hurt. 
in the game. Uh, he was in and out. So uh, Justin Evans stepped up big again. That kid's playing like he's not a second-year player. He's playing like a, a fifth-year veteran. Um, big plays from uh, from the secondary. Uh, so that was a that was a big part of today's victory for sure. Nobody breaks it down better than Roy Cummings. Here's Dirk Cutter on his young DBs. I love the way they competed. You know, even on uh, Carlton made a nice play with his long arms coming over the top, and then even on the penalty they called him. You, you got to make plays like that. And uh, Ryan had a great a great break in the first half on an under route, and. Uh, you know, those, those guys got to stay aggressive. I mean, this, this league is too good. The quarterbacks in, uh, of the teams we're playing are too good. you gotta, you got to be aggressive. So you had the young DB step up. The linebackers do what they do. Levante David, a monster game. Quan Alexander was making plays out there. Then you had the defensive line, Roy. The pressure, much better than last week in New Orleans. Yeah, much better. Uh, a different defense today, I would say. Once again, don't forget, Bucks ahead 27-7. Uh, midway through the, the third quarter. They were they were in a position to put this game away, much like last week, kind of make this thing a, a look a little bit like a blowout. And part of the reason was they got a little bit more of a uh, uh, of a pass rush today. Uh, they got three sacks today, one out of Quan Alexander. They blitzed a lot more today. Uh, Quan Alexander had a sack. Jason Pierre-Paul had a sack. Gerald McCoy had a sack. But here's the, here's the real key, guys. 12 quarterback hits from the Buccaneers, including four from Jason Pierre-Paul, couple from McCoy, a couple from Will Golston, believe it or not. So um, they were blitzing more today. Uh, they were just better, uh, you know, more aggressive and a lot better execution. I'll tell you what, not even – those are just the stats you see on, on paper, but there were a lot of times where uh, the, the Eagles, where uh, Nick Foles had to run out of the pocket and he was forced into bad throws, forced into throwing the ball away, uh, forced into taking checkdowns. And that was a result of pressure in his face. And uh, and it came from a lot of guys. I mean, Carl Nassib played today. Uh, interesting uh, note, the Bucs uh, did not dress Noah Spence today. Carl Nassib, who they just picked up last week, uh, Monday or Tuesday, uh, got in there. And he got a lot of snaps and played well. Here's Dirk Cutter on the defensive effort from the Buccos. I thought Smitty and the defensive staff had a really good game plan. I mean, you know, you saw Marcus Williams was out there for a while, a guy that's been with been on our team for three days. Uh, I thought Carlton played a lot better today. Uh, MJ in the nickel spot, you know, other than one play, he had one he had one tough play, but other than that, I thought he did a good job. You know, we had uh, Chris Connie goes down, and uh, Whitehead goes in there, and man, he laid the wood on that one hit. That was that was one of the best hits of the game. Justin Evans was was good the whole game. You know. The thing about the Eagles that makes them so good is they've got an excellent D-line and an excellent, excellent O-line. But I thought on both sides of the ball, you know, I know that was probably a lot of people's key to the game is the controlling the line of scrimmage. I thought, I thought our guys did a good job as well. I mean, I thought we, we definitely held our own. Good stuff on both sides of the football. Let's talk about some areas, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're concerned, but, you know, Peyton Barber to me showed some flashes against the Saints in week one. It was kind of a different tempo in this game. What do you make of Peyton Barber from this game and kind of moving forward now? Yeah, didn't quite have the burst today consistently that we've seen from him. Um, bit of a rough go for him today. He did have a nine-yard run at one point. Um, but I'll also say this. They didn't run the ball a whole lot the first half, really. Um, it was more late in the game uh, that they ran the ball. They got a little bit conservative with the play calling. Everybody likes to talk about how great the play calling has been. What a difference that is. That's the difference. Well, 
Uh, it's really not as much play calling, guys. Again, it's execution. You just, again, look, look at the first play. But uh, back on Peyton Barber, um, yeah, just a little bit of a rough go for him. Hey, you know what? That, that's a Super Bowl champion defense he's running up against. So um, if one thing's not going to work for you uh, on a day like today, probably a good thing that it's, you know, your, your running game maybe not being so so stout because they certainly had it going in the big game, in the big play passing game. I got to bring this up, Roy. With Fitzpatrick playing so well, with this team 2-0, exceeding expectations from, from everybody, let's face it. How are you feeling if you're Jameis Winston watching this? Oh, man. Uh, if I'm Jameis Winston, I'm thinking that I may have just, um, you know, assaulted my way into, a, into losing my job. Uh, look, here's what I'll say about the situation as it stands. Um, through two games, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best player on the Bucks team. Some people in the press box were arguing today might be the best player in the NFL right now. Wouldn't argue well, with that. Yeah. You don't sit your best player unless he's hurt or he is unavailable to you for some other reason, or he breaks some code of conduct, uh, you know, breaks some team record, some team rule or something like that. Um, that's the only reason you sit a guy like him. Now, look, we got a week to go. Let's see what happens next week. These situations often settle themselves. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I got to think that if we see anything close to what we've seen the first two weeks out of Ryan Fitzpatrick in week three, he's starting week four and there is no rush and there should be no rush to put uh, James Winston back in the lineup. This is about winning football games. And right now this team is buzzing and they are the buzz of the NFL. And it's because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's not because of the defense. It's not because of Deshaun Jackson. It's not because of Todd Munkin pl calling plays. It's because of Ryan Fitzpatrick making incredible decisions at the line of scrimmage with the ball in his hands, executing to perfection on every play. Uh, he's the best player in the team, maybe the best player in the NFC or the NFL right now. You don't sit your best player. Okay, Roy. Ryan Fitzpatrick started his career in St. Louis, went to Cincinnati, Buffalo, Tennessee, Houston, the New York Jets, and the Bucks. We've never seen him play like this. Why is he playing like this right now? Well, I think there's a few things at play here. Number one, as he said, you step into the huddle uh, with this team and, and, and you say, my God, look, look what I've got around me. I've yeah. got, you know, I've got, I've got Mike Evans. I've got Deshaun Jackson. I've got Adam Humphreys. I've got, you know, two tight ends that, that, that can take it to the house. Uh, I've got a decent running attack. I've got a pretty good line in front of me. It's not hard. You, you, all you do is you get the ball in the, the hands of the playmakers. That's number one. Number two, as we talked about in our previous podcast, there's a certain moment in, in a professional's career where it kind of all comes together. I, I, I liken it for baseball fans. I liken it to when, when Chipper Jones was in his last few years in, in Major League Baseball. It had gotten to the point, Chipper Jones said this once. He says, it's so simple for me now. I'm out there, and even 95-mile-an-hour fastballs feel, seem to me like I'm, I'm facing a slow-pitch softball pitcher. I, 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 just, I know what's coming. I know how to read the pitch. I know what pitch I'm going to get in certain situations, and I'm able to execute. And that's what it's like, I think, right now for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He looks out there at the defense and says, oh, okay, I've seen that. Guess what? This corner is going to blitz. We're in an I formation, of, believe it or not. And that means that Deshaun Jackson, who's running this deep post route against this cornerback, who I know he can beat, is going to, is going to be open. All I've got to do with this corner blitz 
is I just got to throw the ball down the field. Forget about hitting Mike Evans on the crossing pattern. I'm going deep here. We got a chance to hit a home run. And guess what? He hits the home run. It's like he knows the fastball's coming. I'm three and zero, and there and he hits it out. And that's what it is. He knows he's the game has slowed down for him in a way that most of us in our jobs just wish things could happen like that. But it's happened for him, and he's taken advantage of it. 2015, he had 31 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. The New York Jets were 10 and six. He's done this over a 16 game season before, but he's on pace to break those marks in a big way. Here's Ryan Fitzpatrick after the game on the expectations of this team now that they're off to a 2-0 start. Not not really. I mean, we're 2-0, you know, and I think that's where we expected to, to be. I don't know if everybody else expected us to be there, but uh, we're just going to, you know, continue to ride this momo- momentum. And, uh, you know, the, again, the confidence is high, and we've just got to make sure we keep hitting on those plays. And, you know, those guys in the huddle believe in me, and I believe in them, and, and you know, good things will happen. I got to bring this up, Roy. O.J. Howard, he's a guy that you knew was just going to get better and better and better. And and my goodness, Mike Evans, you know what he's capable of. We've seen what Deshaun Jackson's capable of. Adam Humphreys is solid. And now you have O.J. Howard just getting better and better. And in the open field on that touchdown, no DB wanted a part of that at all. No, because you don't want to get run over by that train, I can tell you that. And by the way, four targets today for O.J. Howard, three receptions for 96 yards, and you know what the, the, the lone miss was? The ball that he actually caught got upended on and lost control of the ball turns into an interception for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You throw on those 17 yards, which is what he would have gained on that play, I believe, and all of a sudden he's over 100 yards, and you know what? He's had, he's had, and he had a perfect day. So, um, yeah, the kid is really uh, – he's stepped up. Uh, unfortunately for Cameron Brake, he's feeling the effects of it in a little bit right now. But yeah. you know what? As teams start focusing a little bit more on O.J. Howard – Cameron Braid's going to end up being wide open. Uh, you just There's so many weapons to choose from, and that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick was talking about. He's just – you walk in that huddle, and it's like, man, what, what, who, I can get the ball to any one of these guys. Any one of these guys would be the best player on most of the teams I've ever played on. But I've got five of these guys. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> that's a good problem. You mentioned Cam Braid. I mean, how many people would just like to have him as a starting tight end and he's, he's the, your second option. I mean, it's just incredible to me. If they can get the running game going, this offense is going to be unreal. Well, we covered both sides of the football. We only have one more thing to cover, right, Justin? That's right. Oh, yeah, Roy Cummings. You love that music. It's time for three and out our final segment in our Few Extra Bucks podcast. Let's start off. It's three questions and right here. Roy Cummings is not. We haven't had a pre-show meeting. He doesn't know these questions. All right, number one, who's more likely to keep it up for the Bucks, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Deshaun Jackson? Probably Deshaun Jackson because I believe at some point Ryan Fitzpatrick goes to the bench. And I hesitate to say that because I wouldn't do it now. Right. But, I mean, you look at just the history of the players and you got to believe that, you know, the more it's more than likely that Deshaun Jackson continues to do what he's doing um, as the season goes on, whereas there's more of a chance, it seems, for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick to, to level off. You know, I've never been a fan of those who say, you know, this is not sustainable when somebody's doing really well because, you know what, uh, I remember Jimmy Connors uh, in tennis getting all the way to the finals of the – U.S. Open at a very uh, 
extended age for a tennis player. And it was magic and it was a special time. And you know what? Uh, Jack Nicholas won a lot of golf tournaments that, you know, at a time when people thought that uh, he couldn't do it anymore. And gee, uh, this is the year of the comeback in a little bit because uh, look at Tiger Woods for that, you know, for that matter. So I'm, I'm going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick can keep on going. Um, I'll say this uh, right now. It doesn't look like anybody's going to stop and slow down. So, but I'll take uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, for the sake of the argument. Okay, we've talked about this rookie class and had so much potential, but it's been banged up and ineffective in some ways. Who do you think long-term, given the small sample size, this is maybe an unfair question, but who do you put the most stock in out of all these rookies from the Bucks? Carlton Davis, you got Vita Vea's upside, and we can't forget about Ronald Jones. Well, I still think at the end of the day, Vita Vea becomes a real big-time player. But as a defensive tackle who you know, isn't going to get a whole lot of stats. Carlton Davis is the guy who I think has the chance to really step up and hit it out of the yard and be a guy that everybody talks about. He's got a chance to be a shutdown corner. He's a big hitter uh, when, and he's not comfortable yet. I mean, we're wait, wait a year. Everybody wants to see things happen immediately. Right. It usually work that way. Let's wait a year or two and see how this guy looks when, you know, he, he's really, or he's got his, He's kind of got his bearings a little bit because once he hits that mark, boy, this kid could be something special. He could be a real uh, takeaway threat. He's a big hitter now. I think that um, people are going to learn that real quickly about how he comes up and he delivers a wallop. So um, I, I, I'm going to go with Carlton Davis. Uh, it was a little tough on him last week, but he earned it. Um, he gets all kinds of props this week because he earned those as well. I think Carlton Davis has what you want to have in your defensive back, a short memory. And he, he doesn't seem like a guy that's phased by a whole lot, and he gets over it quickly, and that's good to see from a young player. Okay, some 2-0 and teams in the NFL so far. It's very early. Which one of these is the biggest surprise? And maybe the big – but who's the biggest pretender out of these three? You got the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bucks. We'll just go with surprise. Who's the biggest surprise out of those? Chiefs, Bengals, Dolphins, Bucks, 2-0. It's, it's the Buccaneers. It's not even close. Nobody had the Buccaneers doing anything this year uh, except some a few people that are, you know, that follow the team every day and and believe in the talent and and believe that it's a lot better team than was anybody's one that wants to give it credit for. Um, the most of the national pe- people didn't even bother to take any time to even look at this team. They should be ashamed of themselves for just guessing at it. Uh, they really, they really missed the mark. And, um, so it's the Buccaneers. Nobody, Hey, nobody, some people didn't think they'd win two games, the sporting news. And, uh, they, they've already, you know, so they've already doubled up on, uh, victories as far as what, uh, one national magazine thought. So, uh, it's the Buccaneers by far. I think it's definitely the Bucks given the schedule, too. Uh, the Saints are still kind of a mystery. We'll see how good they are, but that's a tough place to open a season. I don't care, you know, if the Eagles may be down. It's Nick Foles. It's still a defending Super Bowl champs. That team won a Super Bowl. Uh, we'll see moving forward, but that's an impressive 2-0. Justin Thomas, did we leave anything up? Absolutely not. Wow. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Roy, Roy great stuff out of you. You know, we're going to do this live after the Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you and I were talking a little bit earlier. You think this will be the toughest of the first three games for them? Yeah, I do. Um, Look, I've always kind of thought that the Steelers going into this little stretch might be the toughest game anyway. Um, I just consider them a a team kind of 
and, and almost in a class by themselves. Not that I don't believe in the, in the Eagles as a uh, Super Bowl champ. I do. But look, Nick Foles is vulnerable. Uh, they're missing some pieces. Um, and I, you know what? It's about taking advantage of that. Look, the Steelers are missing a big piece, too, in Le'Veon Bell. But uh, they still managed to put up uh, 37 points today. So um, any team with Ben Roethlisberger and that defense uh, can be tough. So I still think that's going to be the toughest game. National spotlight, uh, now 2-0. and uh, This is when can, it could all come crashing down for the Bucks if they're not for real. But I think they are for real. I think at the very least they give Pittsburgh a good game and they have a chance of winning it for sure. I'm just amazed with the injuries they've had. You know, they expected this deep defensive line. You know, Vita Vea hasn't played all season. Vernon Hargraves, Brent Grimes haven't played. I mean, a lot of people were, were throwing down two wins or seven wins or five or four with those guys in there. The fact that they haven't been in there and they're 2-0, and I thought they'd win seven, which means they'd have to win five of the last 14. Obviously, I think they're going to do better than that. It's going to be a fun ride with this team. Well, Roy... Uh, I can't wait to talk to you in Raymond James Stadium next week for Monday Night Football. Justin Thomas, thanks for bringing down all that great sound. This has been another rendition of A Few Extra Bucks. We'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Lutes, Sea Dog Brewing Company, and Clearwater and Treasure Island. We'll talk to you again soon. Remember, subscribe to PeterPirates.com. It's free. Our podcast is growing. We appreciate that on iTunes now as well. We'll see you next week and have a lot of previews on our site, plus a couple podcasts previewing the game as well. Thanks for logging on.